Welcome back to another episode of Pixel Splitters, everybody. Your favorite conversational movie, TV, and camera tech news podcast. Like always, we are your two hosts. My name is Josh. And my name is Willis. And uh, we have some 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 good stuff to go over. And we actually have some real camera tech news to go over this week, which I'm excited yes. about. Because not yes. all that much has been happening in that realm or that neck of the woods recently. Um, yes, we keep saying, hey, we should be talking about this, but then we don't have anything to talk about. Yeah, because sometimes it doesn't feel super relevant because we like to tie it into like cinema stuff and filmmaking because that's what we're all about. And it, sometimes it's yeah. just like, oh, this this camera isn't overheating anymore. And that's not what I care about that much. So, nope, no. But we got some cool stuff to talk about. We're going to go over um, Marvel's decision not to put their new shows out on Blu-ray, even after... You know, I don't know normally what the run is for TV shows until they put it on on Blu-ray, but they're mm-hmm. not doing it at all. So I'm sure that's going to be something that we have a lively debate about. We're yes. also going to be talking about Sony's new drone, which we've talked about before on the podcast, but they finally released all the specs, the price, and when it's going to be released, and it's going to be... It's something else. It's definitely something else. And I think it, they're going to give DJI a run for their money because it's it's totally unlike anything that they've really done thus far. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we're going to talk about the new Evil Dead movie, which I, is it a remake? I don't I don't really know that much. I think it's a reboot. It's called oh. Evil Dead Rises. Okay. Which I, I don't know. Reboot, remake, uh, questionable. <sighs> Very questionable, especially with stuff as precious as Evil Dead. And we're not just yes. going to be talking about the film itself. We're going to be talking about potentially having baggage with your actors and your filmmakers and what that means for a franchise in terms of marketability and what people want out of that film. And, you know... that it, it's, Baggage is a good way to put it. Yeah, it's, yeah, and that sounds like a negative thing, but it's... We'll get into it. It's it's yes. going to be an interesting topic. Um, and then later on, we're going to end it off with some Jurassic World news. There's a Jurassic World trailer that's going to be dropping before uh, the Fast 9 movie in IMAX. And Spoilers. Yeah. So, and then <laughs> uh, we're going to end it off with the new Snake Eyes trailer, which just dropped as well. Yes. Which I have thoughts yes. about. I also well, do. I guess all those things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why we do this podcast. Yes. Yes, we do. So let's just start it off by talking about Marvel and Blu-ray. I want to know your thoughts about DVD collecting and Blu-rays in general before we get into this. Are you someone who likes to get the Blu-ray versions of stuff that you're like precious about? Or just are you someone who likes to get all of them? Or Okay, so I used to be all about it. My, I had a wall of DVDs and Blu-rays, you know, to the point of where I, like I would go, you know, you go and you, you go to like, well, I'm thinking Virgin Megastore, which is not around anymore, but like, (laughs) you know, you go to Best Buy or whatever, Walmart or whatever, and and pick up a couple and add it to the collection. And then, then you need more and more shelf space. And then it grows and grows and grows and becomes really a statement about like your personality and your taste and all that kind of stuff. So, I used to be super into that. I used to have a massive collection. And then I'd say about three, maybe four years ago at this point, I got rid of all of them. Literally all of them? Every single one? Literally everyone. I have a handful of Blu-rays left. Mm -hmm. 
which I don't know why, because I don't have a Blu-ray player. <laughs> um, there's something weird. It's like a handful of ones that I'm like weirdly sentimentally attached to. Um, but yeah, I, I used to be big into it. And now I, I'm like anything that I really want to watch is readily available to me. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Whether it's, you know, I there I, of course there is some more like rare kind of things, but I don't think my DVD collection really had anything that like obscure that was like, oh, uh, put out on DVD, like made 20 copies. And I had, I don't right. even know if that's a thing. Yeah, it um, must be for some stuff. <laughs> the only one I can think of is there's a movie that came out in the 90s called 200 Cigarettes that has an absolute insane cast. And I don't know why, because it's not a great movie, but I like went to bat with getting a, a DVD copy of that. I bought like a used version of it okay. off of like Amazon or something. I, but, <laughs> you know, I I am full digital at this point. Mm. You know, like like I said, I don't have a DVD or a, or a Blu-ray player. So like when you get to the Marvel stuff and things like that, I'm in the camp of like, yeah, like why would I need a digital copy of this? I can stream it. On Disney Plus any time I want. Absolutely. For sure. And it's weird. So basically what's happening is Marvel has decided not to, as I said before, they decided not to put any of their new shows. I think that's just a blanket statement for all of the shows that are going to be streaming on Disney Plus going yeah. forward. They're not going to be releasing them. I doubt on any sort of like hard copy media like i when people say blu-ray does that like i don't do people like still watch dvds or is it mostly blu-ray at this point i would assume i i don't know that could go either way i mean i feel like blu-ray a lot of people like blu-ray kind of had its time but like it was considerably shorter than like dvds moment in the sun that was like dvds were the jam for like i feel like probably about a decade or more yeah yeah and like i think Blu-rays and things like that, they had their whole deal with HD DVDs and then kind of streaming took over before they had their like full like, oh, well, I have my full collection of Blu-rays. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I, I to answer your question, I think it's probably would also include like Blu-ray and DVD. Yeah. Which is weird to me because like I don't I'm also not someone who tends to buy a lot of movies these days. I used to buy a ton of movies on iTunes just because that was just how it was. And now I don't I'm finding that I don't have a substantial life. I have a bunch of stuff from the early 2000s from when I bought a lot of stuff on iTunes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But nothing recently. Uh, I think the last movie I bought was The Wolf of Wall Street, mm -hmm. which is weird to me because someone like Disney who keeps their stuff very precious like they they re only i think disney plus was the first time they had their entire vault open for yeah. the public to view because a lot of for a while they had it all locked away you couldn't view or buy any of that old stuff yeah i remember okay here i'm gonna date myself real quick <laughs> and then we'll come back to that but uh i remember when i was a kid uh, my every year, my grandmother brought me like the VHS of like whatever the Disney animated film that year was. So like yes. Hercules and Lion King and all that kind of stuff. And like at the beginning of those tapes, there was always like coming out of the Disney vault for a limited time. And it was like Cinderella or the Fox and the Hound or, mm -hmm. you know, the, these older versions. And it's like, yeah, they used to release this stuff for like six months and then you wouldn't be able to find it anywhere. But now. All of it's on Disney Plus. Well, I don't know. I haven't looked for the Fox and the Hound on Disney Plus, but 
I think I think I would imagine all of it's there. I'm gonna do it right now. I'm pretty sure all of it's there. Um, because that was a huge thing. Like the Disney vault has been opened and you can now stream whatever you want. Like that was a huge thing, like a massive selling point for Disney plus at the beginning. Yeah. And that was even for me. I remember just scrolling Disney plus and being like, this is really incredible. Like I've never seen this library before like this. Like it's just hadn't been possible. Can confirm the Fox and the Hound is available to stream, uh, on Disney plus and the Fox and the Hound too, which I didn't know exists. And I'm going to have to take some time to reckon that with my uh life absolutely Wait, um, what year sorry, was that? You, uh you're making me click on it <laughs> uh 2006 wow oh, wow that's okay okay all right so we're not going to get into that right now because the original no. fox and the hound was 1981 but that's not one of our topics this week it's and not. i'm gonna <laughs> compress this anxiety into a little ball and stuff it into the yeah. Okay. You've now committed so, to watching it, though, so just know that. I feel like our listeners should be advised to the fact that Josh is like a really bad influence on me for making me watch <laughs> things that I don't want to watch. But he's like, "No, but you have to," and I'm like, <sighs> "Listen, ladies and gentlemen, he committed to it all on his own. I had nothing to do with that. I'm just reminding him of what he ju- has just done and the position." If someone tweets in. at me that I should watch The Fox and the Hound too, I'll watch it. And it can't be Josh or Pixel Split Pod. 100%. I agree with or that. Or Parker. I'm, I'm down for that. I'm down for that. <laughs> but yeah, so back to what we were originally talking about. Yes. This The only reason this makes me really nervous is because what if they decide to just end, like what if streaming becomes not the thing anymore and they just, I don't know what world that would be, but they just decide to end the streaming service and now you don't have this catalog. Like we're relying on these things being here for the rest of, whenever yeah which i don't think is going to happen like it'll probably be replaced by something else at some point but like well it's an interesting thing because like so i live in in worcester massachusetts uh and my internet is terrible Mm. uh it drops out um probably four or five times a day uh and if i'm watching something it just if i'm like streaming something it just stops Mm. and it's a really really awkward like moment of time because i'm like what do I do? Yeah. So there's like a weird level of like, yes, if you're without internet, like you want that like catalog available to the point where I even have like downloads and stuff on my iTunes and stuff like that. But like to watch that on my TV, I still need like an active internet connection because um, I've dug myself into that hole. But um, yeah, it's a weird thing. I don't know what world we, we get into where streaming doesn't exist anymore. I mean, I'm sure it will happen. You know what I mean? In the same way that like DVDs aren't really a thing right anymore. Uh, laser discs aren't really a thing anymore. Um, you know, like all this tech laser kind discs. of, <laughs> yeah, man. Hell yeah. All my films in film school were screened on laser discs. That's um, so fire. That's but, so awesome. uh, the thing that's interesting about this, that like, Whenever somebody talks to me about Blu-ray, I always have this in the back of my head and I never say it because it's counter to my actual argument of, hey, yeah, just go streaming everything is like a Blu-ray is actually going to be a better quality than something that you're going to get streaming. Even if you have Netflix and a 4K TV and it's streaming 4K, it's like there's still artifacting and and issues with with this kind of stuff. So it's like there's still a degradation which I think now that I'm saying that out loud is why I still have those DVDs in my basement or uh, Blu-rays in my basement, um, even though I can't watch them on anything. But so like, that's the, that's the big like qualifier. I feel like is like, 
if I watched WandaVision on a Blu-ray, is it going to be a better quality than if I stream it? That's a weird concept. It's a better quality than its native platform. And how much is that going to matter to you in the end? Because now we've gotten into this thing where I don't, like, yeah, I'm relying on whatever internet strength I have for whatever quality I get, whether it's YouTube, yeah. Netflix, Hulu. So, uh, like, yeah, I like to watch things in the highest resolution as possible, but sometimes it's literally not possible and you just kind of have to deal with it. So I think we get to the point of, unless you're one of those, like, cinema, like, buff people who is owns the collection of, of every single DVD or, or Blu-ray, regardless of if yeah. you like it or not. Yeah. And wants to pixel peep and like check, like wants to see it in all of its glory, surround sound system, like stereo sound. But I don't know. I think people are starting to lose that a bit, like that need mm-hmm. for quality. Not quality in terms of content, but quality in terms of it's got to be in an IMAX theater, like with the age of streaming and stuff. So I don't know how much that's going to matter in the end. Yeah, like your generic consumer isn't as obsessed with like a pixel count. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like if I'm watching Loki or if I'm watching uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and my internet gets shitty for a hot minute and like it drops down to like a 720 quality, I'm like, I'm not going to care because I'm used to that and I'm prepared for it. Right. So in that respect, like I get like, yeah, like if that's like the whole like, deal like the general public's like why would i buy this when i can stream it yeah why would they why would they make blu-rays which is a crazy thing to think about yeah it is and this makes me think like and not that i don't know why i care so much about this because i don't buy that many movies anymore but like are films gonna be in the same situation and at some point because they could just start charging money for every movie again versus streaming like that that could happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen or it's possible or plausible, but there could come a time where you 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 want to have a library of film. Like we used to own so many DVDs and like mm-hmm. downloads of films because that's like the era that I mostly when I was started consuming films a lot. That's the era I grew up in was like, okay, yeah. we'll get a free digital. Like I have DVDs that have like here's your free iTunes digital download with it. Yeah. Which was absolutely. awesome at the time. And I don't know. It's just, it makes me nervous. Same thing with streaming audio and like music. It's like, I don't know what I'm even listening to anymore. I'm just Absolutely. like, Discover Weekly. I like this song. I don't know the artist. Just throw it on. Like, it's just becoming less personal. Yeah. It's kind of what, and here we go. We, we've said this before, but it's whatever the algorithm throws at you that week. Yeah. You know, music, TV, whatever, you know. Right. So I don't know. It's interesting. I, 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 I'm glad we talked about this because I had an interesting moment last week um this past weekend was my niece's birthday and i went to target to to get her a present um and i walked past like the blu-rays where i always like i like just out of habit i was like well i gotta go like scope out what's there same and all the marvel movies were there and it was like oh black panther and like avengers and thor and all that kind of stuff and i like looked at him like like my hand gravitated toward it and then i went wait i don't own any of these on a hard copy. Not like one. at all. Yeah. Like, and it, that's like 25 movies that are like a big part of my like cinema going history. You know what I mean? And like, so I, it's, it's a weird thing. Cause I'm like, I, I feel like that era is like over. And I think this mm. is, you know, like, I think, yes, it's a better quality, 
But like that to me harkens to the same people that like, oh, well, if you get a vinyl record because it's better quality, I'm like, okay, sure. But like, it's a weird thing with that because you, I get, a, I'll buy a vinyl record of like an old school band yeah, of like a Beatles album or something like that because it was originally recorded and it intended for like a vinyl. Like that was what the final deliverable was. Yeah. Whereas like, if there's like a, you know, a band that put out an album like six months ago, I'm like, I probably won't pick up the vinyl for that because we're getting across, oh, we're getting away from it here. But like, I probably <laughs> won't pick up the vinyl of that because it's, you know, it was made and produced in a digital world and like a digital file is going to probably be a better rendition. So to bring it back, if something was originally made with the intention of being on a stre streaming platform, I'm not going to pick up an older tech because it's a quote unquote better quality, which with Blu-ray, I suppose it would be, but like if it's better than how you originally consumed it, like, I don't know. I've strayed from the pack. No, I'm a hundred percent with you. And back to the vinyl thing for a second. It's like, just because, like, it's a, it's a perfect, like, one-to-one -one comparison there, because, like, yeah, you, when you're listening to stuff on vinyl, like, the compression isn't the same and stuff, unless it's, tr like, recorded digitally and then printed on vinyl, like, pressed into vinyl, that yeah. means there's a, the same amount of compression. But when it comes to stuff like, like DVDs and Blu-rays, like, what are we missing out on? Because when if it's just the quality, because now they release all the behind-the-scenes stuff on the platforms, or you can find it on YouTube or whatever. Like, you can find anything on the internet mm -hmm. these days. So if it's just the quality we're losing out on, and people already don't really care that much about quality, because, again, even if it says 4K, I can't stream anything 4K on my computer with my internet. Like, are you kidding me? I can't mm -hmm. even do it on, on YouTube. So... Mm -hmm. I don't know. And we're now accustomed to viewing stuff at whatever like I've seen stuff at like like 240p because my internet's been so bad and I've just suffered yeah. through it before. Like part of the snark You're like, "Oh, that'll it. kick back up in a second. Right. And yeah. I'm like, I'm not missing, you know, whatever. It is what it is because I of the of the uh, like the the fact that it's so easy to get this stuff now versus yeah. okay, I got to go to a DVD rental store or I got to wait for Netflix to send me a disc in the mail or I got to go buy a it. A DVD rental store, folks. Uh those yes. were a a thing where you could go to a physical <laughs> location uh, and take out a DVD that they would let you borrow and watch, and then you would have to bring it back later. Yep, yep. And we're not even talking about Redbox. We're talking about before that, <clears throat> even before Redbox. <laughs> so the interesting thing, and I like, I don't want to harp too much further on this, but um, the interesting thing when you say, like, what are we missing? The thing, the alarm that goes off in my head is special features. Yeah. Because that's a big thing. There were a number of DVDs that I had that I'd watched a dozen times and another dozen times with the director commentary mm -hmm. because it was like there and it was like, you know, Hey, I've watched this a bunch of times, <laughs> a few more than a few of them because I turned my DVD player back on and the disc was still in there. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I will watch this with the commentary. Why not? <laughs> but again, like you're saying, like a lot of that stuff's on YouTube now, like blooper reels and things like that. A lot of the, uh, I'd say more popular special features that were out there of like deleted scenes or bloopers or things like that are all on YouTube. Absolutely. Commentaries. I would love to see streaming platforms start carrying like a alternate audio commentary track because it would be the easiest thing for them to do. I know. Like when you have something that you're streaming that has is streaming in three different languages, like 
just add a fourth language that's commentary. Like I would watch all of that. And of course I like haven't looked for commentaries on any of these streaming sites. So like maybe they totally do that. And I'm just forcing myself into a, well, sometimes they do. I, it's sometimes, but it's yeah. very specific. Like they, not every single one does, which is easy enough yeah. to do. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. I say that as someone who's not in charge of that, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's so um, easy. Just fucking do it. <laughs> so I get to wrap it up. Not surprised that Marvel's not putting their streaming shows on DVD. A um, little sad, but not surprised. A little sad, but it's like it's it's like a nail in the coffin of like physical media. I think it's not the final nail in the coffin, but it's like it, it, we're heading there. We are. I know that's where I land. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of possible nails in coffins, let's talk about Sony Sony's drone and what they might do to DJI. Maybe. See. I forgot what our plan was, and I, I thought you were going to Evil Dead there, and I was like, oh, that's a dope thing. And then you went to the drone, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I, I, I mean, I Evil Dead would have worked better, but I'm looking at the order that we already stated, and that's we're true. going drone, and I had to try and make it work there. <laughs> we're, we're keeping the structure intact for you, dear listener. Yes, just so you don't get confused. Um, yes, because everything we say at the top is written in stone. Exactly. Uh, yeah, let's talk about drones. But first, there we go. So Sony, uh, probably like early or late last year, released, or I don't even know if they released it or not, or just specs and some sort of rumors. Also, I feel like it was in February. Was it really only in February? Time moves different now. It but does continue. now, it does. Okay, well, whatever. It was <laughs> before this point in time. Uh, they they kind of released some teases uh, of what their drone potentially was going to be. And the only thing we really gathered from it was that it was not going to have an onboard camera that was going to be recording. It has cameras for sensors and all that stuff, but it was going to be made to carry their mirrorless camera line. Like you yes. can mount your A1 on there, your your A7S3 on there, your, your FX3 on there, and use your camera as the camera on the gimbal, which already I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. We were kind of mm -hmm. speculating price was going to be up there, obviously, because it's Sony, and it's a it's a huge undertaking for a drone. Yeah. So now we finally have some information about it, when it's going to come out, price tag. It's called the AirPeak S1, which, I don't know. I mean... Sure. Okay. I don't <laughs> no, no less insane than uh, other names in the industry. Exactly. You know, it's it didn't surprise me, but but it also could have been a little bit better. Um, again, it was designed for mirrorless cameras, which I am, I wasn't a huge fan of at first because I'm like, well, you got to buy the drone and then you also have to already own a mirrorless camera. Yeah. But having looked a little bit closer at it and what you can do with it, having a full frame sensor on drone makes it worth it. Even if yeah. you have to spend the extra money on the camera or rent the camera or whatever, I mean, the Inspire from DJI, and I don't want to crap on DJI too much, but the Inspire 2, it's micro four-thirds sensor. And yeah. that's their, their high-end like drone that's like four or $5,000. Yeah. So just from a camera standpoint, I'm a lot more on board with this. Yeah. It's, it's interesting for me because it's like, yeah, putting a, a, a full-frame camera on that and having full frame footage that can easily match your other footage is something pretty cool. Um, and for me, the thing that really hits at home is the price point. Now, like, yep. I think it's $9,000, right? Yep, right around there. So 
that's high for sure. But you look at other like big drones like this that carry a, like a, a camera itself, like free flies or things like, like free flies. I think the Alta. Yep. Those run for like $18,000. You know what I mean? So like you're putting yourself in like a price point and given like, you know, the Alta is also more robust than this, like can carry reds and can carry like, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. But like that price point opens it, opens this kind of drone photography and videography to a group of people that like are not prosumer, but are not drone videography companies that like do this for, you know, massive Hollywood stuff. Um, so like I'm enthused by this. It's a, it's a cool little thing. And I don't think there's anything else in that kind of category. Oh, it's weird because it's like, well, and also I'd like to point out that you don't have to put a Sony camera on it. You can no, put no, any no. camera on it. Um, <laughs> don't let Sony Josh uh, yes. convince you that you have to switch to Sony to use this drone. Although who knows? Maybe they'll make it proprietary. You have to use it. A- <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious. If they're just like, well, also you could. Um, the thing that's weird to me, and I feel like this is like a weird kind of concern that I think this category of people that would buy this is going to have is so like I have my Canon R6, which I love and I'm not about, and it's my only camera. You know, I shoot all my kind of stuff on that and I'm not about to put the only major camera I have on a drone and then put it 400 feet in the air. You know what I mean? Like it, they boast a lot of their like, oh yeah, it can sense everything around it, which seems really fucking cool. Yeah. There's a lot of tech around like this drone's not going to crash, but this drone can totally crash. 100%. And this drone can, you know, just ruin your camera, which is like the thing. So I feel like there's a qualifier there of like, yes, this is more open to a certain level of videographer, but also like that to me, like you have to have some sort of like crash cam prepared for, like, I feel like the most common camera that's going to get attached to this is going to be the Sony a seven S two. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like all the people that upgraded to three and they're like, well, I still have my two. No one wants to buy it. So <laughs> yeah. Well, I, but it's like here, I, 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 if that camera gets destroyed, I will hate it, but it won't be the worst thing in the world. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. What do you think of this thing, Josh? I have really similar thoughts about it. I'm I'm really into the fact that you're not stuck with all proprietary um, like DJI stuff for, for better or for worse, because I don't know that many other major drone players in the in the space. Um, yeah. but I do that was one of the only things is like, okay, am I gonna throw my two thousand dollar camera on this rig? And who knows, like you like, I'm sure it's like 99.9% success rate of it. Like, you know, doing what it's supposed to do, but still like as an indie filmmaker who like, maybe you only have one camera or two cameras or you're renting a camera and you don't want to crash. You're on the hook for the whole price or, you know, at least half of it at that point. Yeah. It's the rental thing is a really interesting because it's like, I'm sure there are rental houses that are 
amending their terms and conditions to say like you can't put our cameras on a drone don't put this on the drone like i don't care how good it is or, or if you do you got to pay an extra fee or like an extra yeah. on you know something on top or extra yeah. insurance so i'm i'm into the idea i think the price point is pretty good for what it can do like just from the specs i mean it can it max speed of 55 miles an hour which you can reach in three seconds which i'm like that horrifying is insane to me. That's freaking insane. It My ha- car can't do that. I, I'm just like, <laughs> how the hell? It's just, it's scary. That's another thing. I'm like, okay, you want to put your camera on a freaking... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it can withstand like 45 mile per hour winds and keep perfect stability, yeah. which the Inspire... I believe it's in the 20s or 30s. Like, it, that's what it can handle. Yeah. Um, so it's an impressive drone. Like, one of the most impressive drones I've seen at a price point that's reasonable... Yeah. But the fact that you have to put another camera on top of it, it makes me wonder where this is supposed to be because you add another $5,000 camera on, you're now up into the over $10,000 range again. Yeah. And now who are we talking about? It'll be interesting to see if Sony bundles this. If mm. you can buy it for $9,000 or you can buy it with an A7S three and a 24 to 70 for Fourteen ninety nine or something like you know what I mean yeah. something that's like a little bit cheaper than buying them individually so mm-hmm. like you're like oh you know absolutely um, that would be a, a classic Sony move I know um, so I don't know I'm into this thing I'm I very I'm, into I this won't thing. be getting one oh hell no but uh, it seems like it's a, a good it's like a, a next step in this like drone industry kind of thing Absolutely. because you know, like, cause now it's like the kind of thing that DJI and free fly have to respond to this. So we're going to get like something in that kind of same vibe from both of them as well. I don't know. I mean, Sony is maintaining their momentum with this stuff. Like they've the past two years, they've been doing nothing but doing stuff. That's not the normal path of what these camera companies tend to do like the the, the a7c which is just like why but it does well (laughs) the zv1 which again it's like why but it does super well again and like all these other things that people were waiting for and now this it's just there's a team somewhere at sony that's responsible for like looking at the industry a whole as a whole and finding the little pockets that aren't addressed because that's what a lot of these things are yeah they find a spot and they're like, let's go. There's only one major player in this space and nobody has something like this that's yeah. in a price point that's reasonable. Well, guess what? We're going to do that. And I I, I commend them for that because no one else does that. And I am not just trying to say that because I shoot Sony and I like Sony. But Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, speaking of, no, there's, I got, there's nothing there. I thought I had something and I was like, nah, nah. Speaking of things that, no, I don't, no, I don't have it. Sorry. Yeah. I keep on trying to think of things that are like, um, you know, hail to the king, baby. (laughs) Groovy. I don't know. Yeah. Any kind of, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about Evil Dead. Let's do it. Before our transit. Hey, let's talk about transitions between uh, second and third topics. Because uh, Evil Dead 2 to Army of Darkness is quite a jump and there wasn't a good transition. And now like our transitions are becoming meta. I'm down with it. 100%. Evil Dead. Evil Dead. We're in Evil Dead territory now. Yes. Yes. So there's yet another Evil Dead film on the way. Evil Dead Rises. Evil Dead Rises, which 
I don't know a whole lot about, although I, I honestly have heard that I, I think it it ties more into the original Evil Deads than Fede Alvarez's remake of the Evil Dead that came out in like 2013. Yes. From what I understand. That is my understanding as well. It is more involved with the original team of Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. Although they're only serving as producers, not even like executive. Uh, I don't yes. think they're EPs on this. Yeah, no EPs, not directing, not writing uh, or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. And did you ever see Ash versus the Evil Dead, the show? I did. I did. And I kind of liked it. It's like not. So I'm a huge Evil Dead fan, I feel yeah. like. And I think, is that safe to say for you as well, Josh? Absolutely. It's one we've talked about before how I'm not really a horror guy. It's one of the few horror. Ooh, it hurts to say franchise. Uh, one of the few horror trilogies um, that better, I better. I super get into. Um, and I did watch Ash versus the Evil Dead because of Bruce Campbell. Like that, like that was the kind of thing that I was like, oh, wait, this is Ash. Yes. This is Ash in this show. Like this is legit like this is about him this is a continuation of the same story um and that's what the pull was for me i haven't seen all three seasons because it's like good but it's there's better content out there um yes i loved the first season to be honest i was yeah. so into the first season <laughs> like <laughs> but then it, I, I and it, it it gets a little hard to pull the premise of evil dead into uh multiple seasons because it's kind of like it's very basic. It Yes. Not so much with Army of Darkness, but that is probably the biggest left turn in the history of uh, sequels. So Yes, absolutely. So did you, let me turn the tables on you here. Did you see the Evil Dead, the 2013 Evil Dead? I don't even, is it a reboot, remake? I don't know how to qualify that. So I wouldn't say reboot because I don't know if they were trying to do like a series with it or not, but it was a remake in a sense, although the story itself wasn't exactly the same, it was almost like a follow, like a continuation, but like a similar story with similar things happening to different people kind of thing. Yeah. It was kind of like a reimagining. That's a better word. Of it's the same mythos, right? It's like yeah. the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, find a cabin, find a book, like the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. And even some of like the really, like the, the plot points are the same, like the tree stuff, that's all the same. Yeah. Um, so it, it's more of a reimagining, which I'm okay with to a certain extent when things need a re-up, like when we're mm -hmm. like, okay, this doesn't work for 2021 anymore. The film is too old. Speaking People of the tree scenes. Yeah. Ex yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I have seen that film. I don't know if I even said that yet. I, I have seen that film a couple times. It's pretty impressive to me in terms of a horror movie. It's very, yeah. they use a lot of practical effects, which are so disturbing. It's like crazy. Um, but it loses a lot of the charm that Evil Dead has. And Evil Dead wasn't supposed to be a comedy. I've heard like Sam Raimi talk about it before. And it's like, it's yeah. not, it wasn't supposed to be like this campy type of thing, but it, yeah. it it, it had that charm to it. That and Bruce then they Campbell, made Evil Dead too. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, but it, and, the, and Ash versus the Evil Dead had this too, but it was because of Bruce Campbell and Sam yeah. Raimi was EPing on that. And so it kept the same vibe, uh, vibe as Evil Dead, which I appreciated mm -hmm. to, a, to a great degree, whereas the, the remake or reimagining, it really was like, no, this is going to 
disturb you. Like, and yeah. that's all. There's no really lighthearted moments in it, although they try to do it with the writing, but it's like, no, this is, you're watching people go through some of the her most horrific things you've ever seen, and there's no winking type of thing. Yeah. So how do you, where do you come on this uh, uh, Evil Dead Rises news? Where do you land? I I don't know because like you, Evil Dead is kind of precious to me and I yeah. don't think it needs to have this crazy resurgence. And most of that's because you can't catch lightning two times. Like you, yeah. you had the perfect pairing of Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, and just the time period that it came out in. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily work now with different people, different actors. It's just it's not the same thing. And if you're trying to make a continuation of the story, for me, it's disingenuous because it's like, this isn't the same thing. We're yeah. not doing a continuation. You're doing a different thing, a different tone, different people. So it sounds, it, it sounds like it's in that same kind of vein that we've talked about before in the show of like, why does this need to be an evil dead movie? Yes, exactly. Um, and I'm kind of in that same kind of thing. I, I mean, <sighs> I, I'm trying to phrase this without sounding like a snob, but like if <laughs> if this is like a legit Evil Dead movie and this is like captures that and not captures that same, but has that same intention of like the camp and the crazy and the um you know horror, but like with that same kind of yeah, camp is the word. Like, yeah, absolutely. I'd be down for that, but my fear is that this is just going to be another attempt to be like, oh, well, we can use an evil de the Evil Dead brand name, quote yep. unquote, to just make a horror movie and people will go see it because they're like, well, Evil Dead, I mean, if it's like Evil Dead, you know. Cash grab. It's, yeah. it's based, they're, they're doing it hoping that people remember what Evil Dead is, which obviously everyone remembers what it is, but it's, they're, they're doing it off of the name recognition and it's not genuine. I would I I would argue I don't know if everyone knows what Evil Dead is anymore. Well, okay, that that's fair because I've I think no it's a very idea. specific person who knows Evil Dead, and I think probably the majority of the people listening to this podcast are of that persuasion. True, um, but <laughs> I think like if you asked you know Joe Average like about the Evil Dead franchise, he'd be like, uh, I, I was that, I you know. Like they might have heard of it, but it wasn't like, a, yeah. oh, I love the first movie and Bruce Campbell's amazing. Yeah, so, you know. yeah, and you, they wouldn't be like, oh yeah, Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, and then Army of Darkness. Right, um, right, exactly. Because that <laughs> it's an interesting thing of like, should Army of Darkness been an Evil Dead movie, or should it have just been its own? That's ooh, I ooh, that puts a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, that's we're getting into a different kind of territory. Um, <laughs> but so. The, so the the key thing here is that like this Evil Dead Rises thing is not starring Bruce Campbell um, mm -hmm. or not directed or produced or written by Sam Raimi, yeah. um, which like really brings us to a question of like these franchises that are huge. And again, I hate ugh, referring to Evil Dead as a franchise, um, but these but series they made it so though they made it like that. Yeah, there's a show yeah. there's multiple different variations of the movie like it's i suppose um not that it's a good thing but that's just how they what they've done with it i think yeah you're not gonna get me to see this one so i know um uh, so like but the question becomes so it's like like that we sort of 
the question that we want to sort of get to here is like these franchises that have these iconic characters and iconic roles, like what happens with them when those characters aren't there anymore? Like, so I feel like the, the references we're sort of making is, um, I think the big one is Tony Stark and the Avengers. Like, what do we do? Like, what would happen? What would the mentality be if that character reemerged in the MCU, not played by Robert Downey Jr.? Um, and then the other one you had mentioned, which I think is an interesting scenario, is Harry Potter and like what yeah. that all means. Uh, you know, if they're like gonna remake Harry Potter, which I feel like I've heard rumblings of that, nothing confirmed because they're still doing the Fantastic Beast stuff, but like. Yep. Um, that one feels inevitable. I know. <sighs> which is horrifying. Um, but it's weird. Yeah, it's weird because it's been what, like 15 years since, I don't know, when did the last Harry Potter come out? Oh, less than 15 years. Yeah, like like ten, maybe a decade or less. Yeah. Still, yeah. that's a long time. It, it is, but when, when we're talking about remaking something, it's like, well, what's the, what is the motivation there? Like, is it yeah. because like, oh, we've made all these insane leaps and bounds with technology where things that weren't possible 30 years ago are now possible, or is it just for money? Yeah. And a lot of things are just for money now, but I don't know. Well, so it's an interesting thing. So if we look at Harry Potter, so like Harry Potter, you have the core eight films, but then we also have the two, these two Fantastic Beast movies. Yes. Which are starting to get dangerously close to like the actual ones. I, I'm not a big fan of Jude Law as Dumbledore. No. Um, that felt weird, but like. Yeah. So those are like proximity films. Like, you know what I mean? Same universe yeah. kind of thing, um, but different. Not that they're not recasting Harry Potter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then you get into like the MCU and that kind of stuff. And I don't think, and this is like the Tony Stark thing is a little bit different because like Robert Downey Jr. basically built that franchise from the ground up. Um, yes. Like it, you know, uh, he was a big draw for all of them. So, but like, I feel like both of those, you can't have someone replacing that character. Right. Like he is Tony Stark. Yeah. You need something that's like, approximate like a proxy to that so like that to bring it back to evil dead that begs the question for you josh like if they tied this evil dead rises to the original trilogy so it's not like a remake or a reboot but it's an actual like a continuation of the same like in the same kind of vein that ash versus the evil dead was yeah like if they can't if and like, and I, I don't have a good example off the head, off the top of my head, but if they pulled a character from like Army of Darkness, yeah, to some ancillary character, and then like, oh yeah, he also fell through the time warp and like mm. ended up in the future, and like Evil Dead Rises was about that character dealing with like the Deadites that also came through, like, right. So it's like the same kind of universe, but approximate and like would you be more interested in that as opposed to like a reboot or a remake or something like that? I would be. 
that's not to say that I would that that's like a necessarily amazing idea to do f- to this sure. like universe. Well, but I would be off way the top more. Of my head, gosh. <laughs> no, no. But that's no. Like I understand the question. I completely appreciate <laughs> it because it's like that's. I'm so much more on board with something like that where it's a continuation of something than it is like let me rehash this with my own vision. And when yeah. we're talking about this, I'm thinking of things like James Bond where you have that very clear. Like no, no one is James Bond. Like there's, but which doesn't happen all the time. Like that's one of the only ones where I can think of where it's like. That's literally the only one I can think of. Yeah. Yeah, where the same, where it's kind of like a um tradition. It's tradition to like yeah. just new James Bonds every few years. It's just how it is. And I don't know what the, like what the split difference is there between those two types of franchises or why that yeah. works so much better. Maybe it's just because it's been. That's just how it's been done. Well, there's an interesting thing because like so to, to play off of the James Bond thing, I've always said that the Mission Impossible franchise mm. could continue long without uh, Tom Cruise and still really? be Ethan Hunt. Okay. You know what I mean? Like they could recast Ethan Hunt and make a new Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. And I'd be on board. And like we've talked about that, and like all the crazy stunts and stuff aside, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. We've talked about how that's what the major draw of a Mission Impossible movie is. But like, right? If they tomorrow were like Mission Impossible, I have no idea what Mission Impossible they're on. But Eight, if they were like seven, the seven. next <laughs> Mission Impossible movie will be Tom Cruise's last. Mm-hmm. Everyone will go, okay. Well, it's going to be his last, and then they'll make another one, right? You know what I mean? Um, and like, it has that kind of build, but like, you couldn't say that about a lot of these. You couldn't say, oh yeah, the next Fast and the Furious movie is going to be Vin Diesel's last, and then there's going to be a new Dominic Toretto. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that is oh absurd. <laughs> so, like, it's a really weird concept that we're getting into of like at what point does a character in a franchise become bigger than the actor that's in the franchise which is really fucking weird because like you're talking about like this happened back in the day with like sean connery like stepping out as bond and they were like well i think we could just make another bond right or like and like tom cruise is one of the biggest action stars in the world like but it would work and i'm like where, where is that line? Where is that situation? Like, that's a really weird concept to me. It is. And now I'm thinking of it like it, Bond is a, is a complete anomaly because there yeah. are other properties that they go through iterations, a lot of times with superheroes, which is, it's funny that we're talking about Tony Stark and, and uh, uh, RDJ as Tony Stark, and that's like yeah. an entity. How many Batmans have we had? How many Supermans have we had? That's awesome. How many Spider-Man have we had? Like we over the past 10, 15 years alone, we've had three different Spider-Men. Yeah. All successful in their own ways. Well, and then, yeah, and I mean you can even get into like Fantastic Four and Hulk and like all yeah. these like There was two Hulks really in the cinematic thing. Marvel Cinematic Universe, like it's in true. canon. Like there was literally yeah. two. <laughs> 
So it's like it's at what point they're gonna it, they're gonna retcon that though. That's like they're gonna yeah. it's it's yeah. But <laughs> they're gonna have to or just, oh well just people are they're gonna, gonna be like oh yeah Ed no uh, Ed Norton's Hulk was a different universe. We just happened yeah. to that was our original setup for the multiverse of like we're gonna give you a OG different universe. Uh, I would be so into that to be quite honest. That'd be sick. <laughs> I think that would be kind of sweet. <laughs> General Ross is the only like crossover from that whole thing. I know, but it could be uh, Earth like. That's true. He's it could just be the same guy. In that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're getting. Yeah. We're I know, getting dude. And that explains the whole like, where the fuck has Liv Tyler been in the MCU? Right. Uh, and why is Abomination like the? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're getting away from the. the yeah. So fanboying out a bit here, but um, James Bond. Hmm. Different character, different actor, all the time. Sure, whatever. I I don't know if you agree with me, but Mission Impossible, Ethan Hunt, different character. Sure, whatever. Sure. Dominic Trito, no, no. Ash? Fucking no way. No, right? <laughs> absolutely Like, I'm no like, way. absolutely not. And like, but like, what is the, what is it? Is it like, does Bond just not, ha- like, like you could argue that Tom Hanks, is, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise's, <laughs> Tom Hanks I want Tom Hanks. Hanks as the next Ethan Hunt. Oh my God, please. Oh my God, God. please. Or at least just a like college humor spoof. That'd be awesome. But like, so Tom Cruise like there could be a thing of like arguably like Ethan Hunt is not a very robust character. Like, you know, like you're mostly tuning, like we've talked about, you're mostly tuning in to see Tom Cruise jump off buildings and exactly hang off the side of buildings and hang off the side of planes and right. those and Simon things. Simon is awesome. Yes. Yeah. But wasn't there to like the third one? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So like is the thing that we're talking about here, like the level of compatibility between like an actor and the role? Because, like, you look at, like, Hulk, and I'm like, yeah, like, there was Edward Norton, and there was Eric Bana, uh, and there was Lou Ferrigno. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, could you imagine them doing a Hulk movie and being like, well, Mark Ruffalo's not the Hulk anymore? I'd be like, well, I don't want to fucking watch that movie. Right. But And that's a weird one because it's, like, it's all with, like, anything in the MCU is, like, done with an asterisk. Of course. Because, like, it's all continuity, so. Of course. But the fact that within the it, within just the MCU, and I'm not including, like, the Fantastic Four and the X-Men stuff, but, sure. like, just the fact that we had uh, Ed Norton and Mark Ruffalo in the same, technically in the same canon. Yeah. And I love Mark Ruffalo. I think he's a great Hulk. But he's not one of those characters in that, situation where i'm like Ooh. no one else can play hulk well all right here's a big question wolverine we're gonna get a new wolverine i know and f- i'm so not looking forward to it. right because it's like there because oh, wolverine equals hugh jackman exactly and honestly x-men did a fantastic job casting pretty much everyone in all of their movies i don't know how they ended up doing it because xavier magneto i'm like i'm yeah. on board with all of that stuff and even the early stuff with uh fassbender and um yeah fucking what's his name um james mcavoy mcavoy yeah yeah uh, i was down for that um yeah but yeah i don't i think it's a special thing Tom Holland as Spider-Man, I'm super in for, and I've been more in for his Spider-Man than even, and I'm a huge Tobey Maguire Spider-Man fan just because Spider-Man yeah. 2 is one of my favorite movies of all time. Sam Raimi, of course. Yeah, um, here we go. Bring it, it all back in. But I think it has to be a really, 
really specific connection there where yeah wolverine hugh jackman is one and the same whereas andrew garfield and spider-man aren't necessarily one and the same like it's not something yeah. where it, it just has to work i think there's no uh correct way of doing like deadpool and ryan reynolds yeah there's never going to be another deadpool mm -hmm. like i can almost guarantee that there's not going to be another one because you can't do it ryan reynolds you can't is top deadpool. that is that the it, well so here's and that's the weird because like i feel like all we're talking about here is like yeah like you can't top that you can't get somebody who's going to do deadpool better than uh ryan reynolds right but they said the same thing about sean connery and bond right Mm. And that's like a whole weird thing because like arguably like is there a better James Bond than Sean Connery? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but like it's different times and it's different Bonds for different times. So I'm like, yeah, like I really like Daniel Craig's James Bond. I really liked Pierce Bros. I mean, I, like uh, I've gone through this whole thing where like your favorite Bond is always the one that you came up with. Like I will forever love Pierce Brosnan's Bond because yeah. like fucking, yeah, GoldenEye is like, fucking a classic but absolutely um i don't know we're getting way away from it but it's like i so are we landing on like it has to do with like the association like how closely associated the actor is with that role i feel like that's kind of where we're coming i think that's what it comes down to because it's not even about the, who's the best actor it's about who can embody this character the yeah. most like the fullest and it's like Tony Stark and RDJ. You can't, you almost can't separate them out. Like if you yeah. hear them, him talking in an interview, he's the same person. Yeah. Which, and that's, I think it comes down to the same thing with Bruce and Ash of. Yeah, exactly. That, like that was just, especially like Evil Dead 1 was Bruce Campbell acting. Yeah. Evil Dead 2 is Bruce Campbell being Bruce Campbell. Exactly. As is Ash versus the Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. Like, you know, they were like, yeah. oh, wait. You embody this role. Let's just let you roll with it. Exactly. So there's no real answer here. I think is what we're coming down to. It's just it come. It, it's just the right things happen at the right times, and you find yeah. someone who perfectly embodies a character, and that makes it really hard for something to follow that or, or remake it or reimagine something because you've tied the identity of the character to an actor or a filmmaker. It'll be really interesting because there's a handful of these that are so like. We're going to get a new Wolverine. Oh, They're going to do something with Black Panther. Yep. Like that's oh. a whole nother thing that's got to be addressed because it's I like. Oh. And it's like there's these and I don't know. Like I don't know if Evil Dead Rises is going to have Ash. Like at all. Yeah. Like like is. Yeah. Like whether it's Bruce Campbell or another person like is Ash going to be the character in this? I don't. Right. I don't, I, I doubt they would be like, yeah, this is Ash. I feel like it will be, if it is like more of a, like in the same timeline kind of thing, it will be, this is either another character that we've seen before that was a minor character that we're, we're growing, or this is like Ash's daughter or Ash's cousin who also like, you know. 100%. All right. So I feel like those were like the big things we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, And I feel like I'm going to like just step in and be like, let's stop talking because i feel like we'll we'll go that last one especially i feel like we could postulate for uh eons we could go for a long time on that one yeah yeah um postulate for eons i'm gonna get that tattooed on my arm yes um 
That was weird. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, Speaking of eons, eons yes. ago. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Oh, nice. Dinosaurs? All right. Yeah. Dinosaurs. I don't know. How long's a fucking eon? I um, honestly don't know, which is why I was like, oh. It's like a really long time, guys. It's, uh, million, it's got to be millions. Tweet at us about how long an eon is. Yeah. We're, we're going back millions upon millions of years, so it's got to be long enough. All right. So we're getting, there's, there was a, there was like a franchise sequel thing so <laughs> it's the same t-rex as the original uh uh jurassic parks um no so i was like no shit are you fucking kidding me <laughs> yeah dude it is are you kidding i didn't know that no jurassic world oh yeah it's the same t-rex as the originals that's just like all uh, beat to shit and she's like ah. okay she's my spirit animal um fair enough but uh so we're getting another jurassic world movie next year uh, 2022. Um, and the reason we're talking about it right now is because the first sneak peek for Jurassic World domination, dominion, yep. dominion, 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 not domination. I kind of like that one better than that. But anyway, I, uh, me too, but <laughs> <laughs> let's not get too deep. We'll talk about it in a year. Yeah. Um, the first trailer, I think they say, or sneak peek, uh, is coming out exclusively before the IMAX screening of Fast 9, F9, Fat Furious, not, uh, we don't know what that's Whatever. called. Whatever, Fast and Furious, the last one. The next Fast and Furious movie, which I think is very interesting. Um, the big question for me is, will this trailer also be on YouTube on Saturday? I feel like maybe not. I feel like absolutely not. Yeah, I feel like... It's a weird, like, I don't know how they keep it from ending up on YouTube. Um, but that's a big, and there's been a lot of this, but that's a big push to get people back in, not only into cinemas, but into IMAX, um, yeah. which we haven't heard a lot about. Um, and, you know, like, I feel like it's a a large enough mountain to climb of getting people back into theaters, but getting people back into IMAX screenings is a whole nother, a whole nother peak. Yeah. It really is. But I saw that. I was like, fuck, I kind of want to go see F9 and <laughs> IMAX just to see what's up with these dinosaurs. Because I, I, I confess I'm like on board with uh, the the Jurassic World franchise. I enjoy it. Um, All right. I don't remember a lot about the second one. The first one I really enjoyed. Uh, the second one was kind of like, yeah, okay. Dinosaurs eating people. Cool. Fair um, enough. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So I think that's an interesting kind of undertaking of, you know, is this going to be a thing that pulls further people into, because you're kind of saying like, hey, are you a fan of this franchise? Come see this other franchise. Right. And I feel like I remember that being a thing way back in the day when I worked in a movie theater of there were some people and this was pre YouTube and all that, but there were some people who would come to a theater to a showing to see the trailer for something and then leave. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which is like, all right. Because they were really into the exclusive, like, Oh, sneak peek before this movie type thing. Yeah. And like, yeah, there was, it's not like you saw them on YouTube or anything like that. It was just like, Oh, well I really want to see the trailer for too fast, too furious. Yeah. So I'm going to go, uh, 
you know, uh, I, and I can't imagine paying IMAX money for it. No, no. So like, actually I have paid IMAX money for it. They screened like the first eight minutes of the dark Knight in IMAX in front. Oh, I don't remember what it was in front of. I remember um, I, this. I remember yeah. that. And like yeah. the whole bank heist with the Joker there. Um, yeah. And like, I remember going to see it in IMAX and being like, holy shit, that movie's going to be fucking crazy. Yeah. So now I really want to go see F9 to see the <laughs> Jurassic World trailer. But yeah, so I mean, it's like a weird, it's a weird, like the idea of doing an exclusive trailer in an IMAX screening is like a weird throwback almost. It is. But it's also like a very clear like push to go back to see movies because whenever anyone does exclusive anything, it's like, okay, it's it's meant to be drawing people yeah. towards something. But this is very specific. Yeah, so the big question, uh, so it comes down to the big question of like, if is it going to be on YouTube on Saturday? Right. Because if it is, like, I don't give a fuck, I'm going to watch it there. And I feel like that will probably happen. We'll tweet about it. Right. I'm getting big into Twitter, guys. Uh, Hell yeah. (laughs) Because if it's just available, then who cares? But like, if it's literally like you can't see this footage anywhere except in an IMAX theater, that's a big pull for me. Yeah. You know, and it's like, like, I'm going to see F9 in theaters. Like, I've seen every, we've talked about this, I've seen every Fast and the Furious movie yeah. in trail, in theaters. Um, but, like, I'm like, oh, do I have to go to an IMAX? Do I have to go to an IMAX theater for this? I think I might have to. Um, Which wasn't even, like, a thought that had crossed my mind before. Right, right. You know? And for people like you and me, like, I was going to see F9 regardless I probably wasn't going to see it in IMAX, to be yeah. honest, because like that's, well, whatever. Maybe I was going to see it in IMAX. I don't know. But I don't know. I, I feel like we talked about A Quiet does Place. Your, sorry. Does your local theater have an IMAX screen like in there? Can you like go to your local theater and be like, I can see this in regular or IMAX? Yes. I've yeah. got an AMC near me, which has a Dolby theater, an IMAX theater, and a whole bunch of other like random things. So I could see it in IMAX if I wanted to. They were showing Spiral in IMAX. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, that's so weird. This, IMAX is for blockbusters. Exactly. Like like major blockbusters. So Or nature documentaries. Or that too. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. Get, that's another topic. Okay. Um, yeah. Sorry. Come bring it back. <laughs> this was gonna be the short topic. So. I know, I know. So I'm I think it's weird because we talked about A Quiet Place 2 like last week mm-hmm. and the numbers are doing well and I think that's just across the board. People want to mm-hmm. go back to movies again. So are they nervous about like Jurassic World, how it's going to do or do they want to get like build hype or is it just like, you know, exclusivity type thing? Because I think the numbers, I think people will go see this in theaters. I think this is more a thing for F9 than Jurassic World. Yeah, because we're not in, we're a year away for it's like June tenth, twenty twenty two. We're a year away from right. this. Like they don't even have to start the marketing campaign for this yet. No, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, it's true. It's a weird. It, it like it's a get back to theaters move, but it's like with something that I'm like, well, I want to. I want to see that. I know. And F9, I think, can pull numbers no matter what. Like, each film has done better than the last, I think, uh, yeah. since the, the third or fourth one. Um, so. it's This is what it is. It's 
people that are going to go see F9 that are going, do I pay the extra $8 right. for IMAX or do I not? There's right. people in that like conundrum and this could tip that and like get that extra $8 and get theaters a little bit better off. It's true. Um, it's true. And it, it, it was a we- it for me personally, it was a weird move even though we're coming off the heels of COVID and everything being shut down and theaters and studios yeah. doing poorly, it, it still strikes me as a little bit odd because I'm like, who? I don't know. It's yeah. just, it's a it's a big ask. Like, you, you want to go see Jurassic... Like, and I, I would literally go see... Well, I would see F9 and IMAX anyway, but just for yeah. the trailer for Jurassic World Domin- Dominion. I want to say Domination. It's going to be Domination. I'm going to say Domination until it comes out now. It's like that ship has sailed. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I really don't know how to feel about this. I, it kind of took me yeah. by surprise. It's know. interesting. It is. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we should check in on it next week and be like, hey, or at least be like, hey, how did the... Um, we'll look at some numbers, see how F9 did regular box office versus IMAX. Absolutely. And that'll be telling. Um, I'm trying to think. So speaking of, I don't know. Josh is trying to do transitions for you guys. And I've moved on from, I know I'm, we're trying <laughs> now my brain's in that mode. So we're talking about snake eyes franchises, Jurassic world, GI Joe franchises. We'll, we'll, we'll stick there you with go. that. Origins. Yeah, old origins. things. Yeah, exactly. Older than their, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's, I, yeah. So I want to touch on this yeah. really quick. <laughs> well, I, I mean, basically, um, there's another trailer for the Snake Eyes movie, which is the origin story of the Snake Eyes character from GI Joe that has just dropped. Yes. And I know that you have some thoughts about that. So yeah, I when this is kind of like a catch up from a previous episode because. We talked about Snake Eyes before, and my mentality of will I see this movie or not was, eh, let me see what the second trailer uh, is like. And now I've seen the second trailer, and I got it. I think this is going to be like, oh, God. <laughs> I caught it. Sorry. I think this is going to be a rental for me, which is like not a thing anymore. But like, I feel, <laughs> I feel like this will be a a stream it at home thing for me. I It looks cool. I'm on board. The only thing that really got me going was there's like a moment in the trailer where they go, oh yeah, it's like Cobra. And they're like, what is Cobra? And then who I'm assuming is the Baroness shows up and I'm like, oh, here's like things from the franchise. That seems cool. The rest of it seems very much like it doesn't need to be a G.I. Joe movie. It could just be a, a dope ass Kung Fu movie. Um, so yeah, I think this will to tie into our previous episode. I feel like this one will be a uh, a stream at home for me. Me too. A rental. Me too. Which is paining me to say because honestly, like from what I'm seeing, like I like that there's not as much CGI bullshit going on. Mm-hmm. And I think that was cool. It seemed like it was much more grounded in what reality is to because I don't know if anyone's seen the first two GI Joe movies. It's it gets to a point where you're like, what the what even are we doing here? Yes. And I like, I appreciate the fact that this was a lot more grounded in reality. But again, we come back to baggage. It's it's about a specific character who's already established in a specific universe with a specific set of ground rules that they have to follow. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think that this could have worked a lot better just as a sweet 
movie about ninjas, to be quite yeah. honest, you know? So Yeah. It would be dope if it was called Sweet Movie About Ninjas. Absolutely. I want that fad to happen where we get back to like the snakes on a plane kind of title structure oh, of just like, yes. yeah, here's Sweet Ninja Movie. Yeah, I would like, be like, I am lining up for Sweet Ninja Movie. As literal as it can get. So, yeah, that's 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 where I stand on that. Um, we'll see. I, I don't know. I'll, like it's I'll I'll watch it probably some night and then I'll be a couple beers too far and I'll get super pissed off about it and yell at the screen. Exactly. Exactly. No, yeah. no use getting worked up about it right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's future Wells's problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's bring it back. You got uh, you got a recommendation for us this week, Josh? I do have a recommendation, but before I get into my current recommendation, I have to Uh-oh. recon a something from last week's episode, which my mother brought up to me, which she's definitely going to listen to this and like know that I'm shouting her out. But so I like I don't know what I was talking about when I was mentioning District Nine. I did not give a very good synopsis of what it was about. the The biggest issue I had with my own words was the fact that I said Vickis works for a company, uh, works for like a like a he was a reporter, which is just not true. I think I was just I hadn't seen the movie in a bit. <laughs> he works for the company. That that's relocating the aliens. He works for like a weapons manufacturing company and that's, they're doing a documentary. That's the whole, I just had to make that clear because I sound fair, like a complete fair. idiot in that episode. I um, also have not seen that in a long time. So I was just over here like, oh yeah, totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he could have been a reporter. That sounds <laughs> that's awesome. I just saw him like talking to the camera. I'm like, oh, he's a reporter. I'm like, that's just, it was lazy <laughs> on my part and I apologize. Um, but this week, completely different. I've got my my eggs in a row, in a basket, whatever the saying is. My my recommendation. A row of baskets. Yeah, exactly. My recommendation for this for this week is uh, Atlanta. It's a series on Hulu. Excellent. Fantastic. One of the greatest series I've ever watched, and it's only got two two seasons out right now. But they picked it up for another season. Uh, it was made in 2016, created, written by, and starring Donald Glover, along with Lakeith Stanfield and Brian Tyree Henry and Zazie Beetz. It's just like a, a star-studded cast. And it basically is just a... It's it's a show about uh, Glover's character and Tyree Henry's character going into the music industry as two just random kids in Atlanta trying to figure it out. And it's the... You know, the, the soundtrack is incredible, the acting is incredible. The writing, like everything about it, it's really funny in a dark way, but also in a real way. And it's just, it, it talks about race relations, uh, like the hip hop community, as well as just a whole bunch of other stuff. And it's it's just a really good watch. Excellent. And the new season is coming out, I think, next year. They're shooting it now, I believe. Um, but so, yeah, you've got another season to look forward to. And that nice. is streaming on Hulu currently. So check out that. That is an excellent show. Yeah. So good. So, so good. good. So my recommendation uh, for this week, um, I was like toying with doing this one or not, but I think I'm going to go for it because it's um, it's a very depressing film. Um, Ooh. It's a film called Meadowland. Um, and the reason it, it came across my radar is because it's actually directed by one of my former teachers. Um, but it stars uh, Olivia Wilde, uh, Luke Wilson, and Giovanni Ribisi. Um, okay. and it is definitely, it, I will say it is definitely one of those movies that like, you're going to watch it once and then you'll never really need to watch it again. Um, <laughs> but it's basically, it's a really like amazing. So the two main characters, uh, Olivia Wilde and Luke Wilson, basically like their son went missing and 
is presumed dead and all this like kind of stuff. And it's a very in-depth character study on how these two people deal with the loss of a child. Mm. Um, and it's, it's really heavy, but like Olivia Wilde's performance is amazing in it as like a mother who's, it's like absolutely heart wrenching, absolutely like incredible. Like, and Luke Wilson is so deep and like, like there's no hint of like a comedy actor in there. It's such a like strong, it, it's absolutely, it's, it's really well done. Um, it's directed by Rita Moreno. Mm-hmm. Hi Reed. Uh, <laughs> who also did, um, who was a cinematographer for a long time. And this is her first, uh, foray into directing her first, uh, like feature directing feature. And it's just, it's so good. It's heart wrenching, but it's so good. Uh, it came out in 2015. Um, I, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I feel like it is. I feel like everything is streaming somewhere, whether or not. Yeah. It's on, it's supposedly on, it's on Prime. So. Oh, okay. It's like to, to rent, like to buy rent? Or uh, to... I don't, won't let me click on it. Damn. Of course. Um, it's okay. It's on IMDb. It's on IMDb TV, um, oh. which is part of amazon so you can watch it now with ads which is horrifying um but i'm sure you could also rent it for like 2.99 yes um, oh it's on prime video yeah you can stream it on prime yeah. video okay oh it's on peacock too oh okay all right oh, yeah you, there yeah. we go watch metal um, Land, everybody come on yeah no excuse now um yeah when when you don't have to yeah when you can just go to bed afterwards <laughs> um but it's so it's so good i'll have to check it out i've never even heard of that yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. it was pretty obscure, but I feel like we do so much talking about like franchises and things like that. I feel like I always have to be like, this is like a little less known, little 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 project indie a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Palate so, cleansers. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, man. So I think that'll bring us home um, yeah. for episode nine. Uh, yeah. Pixel splitters. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> next week. Next week, the big one wow. zero. 10 10 um, already holy crap yeah yeah 10 so weeks we were doing this holy crap yeah yeah 11 oh technically because we missed that weekend there true oh uh, God. but uh yeah so josh where can people find you online uh people can find me on instagram at josh j fuller and you can also find me on twitter uh at josh fuller 33 no e and fuller um where can people find you willis you can find me on instagram and uh Twitter at Willis film. And, uh, you can find, uh, this podcast at, uh, well on Instagram at pixel splitters and on Twitter at pixel split pod. And we've never really done that, but like go and like follow us and like, yeah, please like we always just talk about Twitter and never say like, Hey, like subscribe to our podcast. Like if you guys are listening on Apple or like anything like that, like leave us a review, like, you know, it helps we, us out. Yeah, it helps us out. Like not, you know, slam that subscribe button. Yeah. Um hit the hurt. follow, hit the like, yeah. hit whatever anytime, buttons there. Anytime you see something that's like, do you want more content from these guys? Be like, totally. Um, five stars. Um, yes. 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 We are super good at the social medias. We are. But hey, yeah. again, we're uh we're new to this stuff and we're just doing what we want to do. Well, so We've been doing it for 10 weeks now, nine weeks now. I'd say we're still new at this stuff. Okay, fine. (laughs) 
we're not a hundred episodes deep. We'll be saying yeah, we'll be saying that in two years when we're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think like we we tend to post things on Twitter sometimes. Um, it's okay. Time is relative. Yeah, Doesn't that's matter. How we- <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, well, it's good talking to you as always. I hope, dear listener out there, you have enjoyed listening to our uh, banter. Yes. Um, and uh, I will talk to you next week, Mr. Josh. Yes, absolutely.